Check Me Out is made possible in part by the Friends of the Amarillo Public Library, Brick and Elm Magazine, and a grant from Humanities Texas, the state affiliate of the National Endowment for the Humanities. Hey guys, it's Hillary, and I wanted to take a moment to let you know that we had a little bit of a technical difficulty on the part of the operator, that being me. Um, so some of the audio sounds a little funky and that that would be my fault. But it's such a great discussion. We didn't want to scrap the entire episode because I made a mistake. So uh, please still enjoy this discussion on on black literature on Check Me Out. Do you know the best thing a friend of mine said on the day of the inauguration that I just loved was it sure was nice of Garth Brooks and Lady Gaga to open for Amanda Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Those are some great yes. openers. You will know it is time to turn the page when you hear the chimes ring like this. Welcome to Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. I'm Hillary Holsey, and I have three amazing guests with me today. Normally I have Amy here with me, but I'm all on my lonesome at least in the hosting capacity. Uh, I'll let my guests introduce themselves. I'll start with the gentleman next to me. My name is uh, RJ Solijax. I am uh, the principal now at Hamlet Elementary, and I'm just glad to to be here and and talk about a little literature. Amazing. Thank you, RJ. And I'm Stacy Clopton, and I am the coordinator of PR and programming for the Amarillo Public Library. And uh, we're, we're going to talk about black literature, so I should say I don't expect to talk very much because I'm not black, <laughs> but we do have um, a great book club at the Amarillo Public Library called Doing the Work that reads books related to racial and social justice. So for the last two years, we've been doing that every month, and really that's the only reason I'm here. We're happy right. you're here, too. <laughs> we are. And Dolores? I'm Dolores Thompson. I am a community volunteer, and I love books, so Stacy invited me to come today, so here I am. We're glad you're here, too. Thank you. Thank you. So, yes, we are talking about black literature today and, you know, trying to elevate authors, uh, black, biracial, people of color, and then also talk about, you know, just generally books we love to read. That's, that's the whole point of Check Me Out. So I'm going to start with a very basic question. How would you define black literature? I think of it as an opportunity to tell a story, especially American black literature. If you are um, just exploring to hear the voices and the stories of of people who've gone through the mix of issues that have led up to how how we see the world and live through the world today, you know, just dive in. Um, It's like listening to jazz music. You know, it's the story, the soulfulness of what's going on, the struggle through it, but also the, the story of, of grit um, of, of the people who between the beginning, middle, and the end of the, of the story who help advance it in a way so that um, you can see the efforts of the people versus the law. So I've really enjoyed um, diving deep. And then um, when it comes to new um, literature for, for people of all ages, it's about creating an image, um, being able to be proud of, of who you are and what you stand on and where you came from, because again, you are the product of something that's beautiful, like a diamond. <laughs> so that's kind of how I would explain black literature. Dolores, what about you? Do you have anything to add to that? 
Well, I could. I, I've been a reader for a long time. My mother made us go to the bookmobile. I don't know many people remember the bookmobile. So I've been reading since then. And at that time, there was not a lot of, I didn't know of a lot of black authors at the time. And so as I've grown older and older, I see more and more. So I think it's a life story that people tell. I was just talking about uh, romance novels. I love romance novels. And so, you know, I read lots of romance novels, and I've read a lot of them about white people. But all of a sudden, there were these black men, handsome black men that we could <laughs> read about. And so I, I got excited, and so I've read lots of that. So I think it's just a, a, a um, reading about people that, I know the things that they've gone through, the things that I've gone through that I maybe can identify with. So Stacy, from the perspective of like a librarian or someone who facilitates a book club, um, how do you define it in terms of what you guys do there? Well, so our book club that's called Doing the Work really is focused on racial and social justice. So so we seek out those kinds of books. And our format is to read a nonfiction book one month and follow it by a novel the next month. And the reason for that is that, you know, it's important to read nonfiction books. It's important to get your history straight and to learn those things. But there's a huge amount of evidence that shows that reading novels builds your empathy. It builds your ability to see the world through someone else's eyes. That's why we have been, you know, we've adopted this format of going back and forth between the two. But I, I do think that what Dolores said is really important. There are, there are some fantastically important books about history and justice and where we've been and where we're going, and it is important to read them. But it is important for people to find themselves on the shelves of their library to, you know, if you're a person of color, if you're an Asian American, if you're a member of the LGBTQ plus community, it is important that all aspects of the community are represented and not necessarily in a see, see our struggle kind of way, but also in a see our triumphs and see us just Falling in love and yeah. having fun yes. and being magicians and, and all the things that exist in literature. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So RJ, Dolores was talking about in the span of her lifetime, how she's seen it change. How have you seen it change? And do you feel like the, what has been available to you has increased lately? More or less. I, I, I feel the same. I mean, more recently in the, in the last few years, the, the amount of literature that is going to be promoted, at least, um, is there. There's always been great black authors throughout all time, but the promotion and the availability for, for people to see themselves also as authors and try to put their pen to ink, the amount of professional athletes, the amount of just people with a story or something to to tell to say you know what my, my story's worth telling I'm going to put a pen to to paper um, I mean we've we've got uh, you know just people of, of all walks and again just story saying you know what I I overcame this was my my childhood this was a disability I had this is how I dealt with it and I also happen to be somebody who has been disenfranchised throughout history. So it, it's just nowadays, again, it's just, it's just, it, it's blown up from the beginning, especially from the beginning of my teaching career when I got my first class of second graders. And I'm like, I'm going to expose our students to something different. I get to be the lucky person to see the, 
the, the seeds that were planted start to, to blossom and, and grow. So as, as those second graders now have graduated this last year, these next few years are going to be awesome seeing the young men and women uh, go into the community and say, you know, just the stories that, I, that I've, I've, I've heard through just books and, and talking. Yeah. I have to respond to his, his, his right about second graders. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember when I learned to read, it was C. Dick Run, C. Jane Run. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they were all white kids in the book, and but I had black teachers. I, I was went to school in in um, segregation, and so when you say that about second graders, I think about when I was a second grader that I didn't see that, and that's an important point that you make about you producing them, introducing those young people to another way to seeing things. Because when I grew up, it wasn't there. Right, I re- right. I watched see Dick Jane and Jane run and that's it. Mm-hmm. Uh, nobody that looked like me, right. or well, because we didn't have, but it was segregation at the time. Right. right, right. I think this would be a good transition into talking about books themselves. So, like for that class, what were some of the books that you introduced them to? There was a um, just a series of books because as a classroom teacher, you run into so many stories, so many backgrounds. You think it's just going to be making these lesson plans, teaching these these things, but then you get the story behind the kid, uh, the stories that kept them up last night, the that they weren't able to really you know get the proper rest and get them to ease their mind, and then being able to use books to connect to their stories and then and, and see the, see things that overcome. One of the the books that I brought with me that it was one of the first introductions to to black literature. I I came over a video on YouTube, and it was the author Daniel Beatty, and he was performing his his book. It's now a book, but it was a poem called "Knock Knock," and it was a, about the story of his life and how his father and him used to play a game every morning called "Knock Knock." Mm-hmm. Uh, he would knock on the door before he would wake him up, and he would play that game every day until the until one day he didn't. Um, and 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 at that time, his father was incarcerated. Um, and taking out of his life for many years and being able to tell his story and, and how he had to go through certain life lessons by himself and find people to also help him through that to the end where his father did was eventually released and him being able to reconnect. So being able to just have kids who have a similar or not <laughs> being able to say that there's kids and people who you can show them that may or may not look like them, that may or may not have a story like them. But to say, okay, we're going to learn and we're going to have a, a conversation about comprehension using this story. That was a, a great title that I, I really enjoyed. Another one that I used in class uh, was Crown, an ode to the fresh cut. <laughs> um, I also have helped create some lesson plans that I have mentors go into to schools and, and be able to use using this book. It's about the experience of going to the barbershop. Um, you know, in in a, a not not just a barbershop, a, a black barbershop, and the soulfulness of of the interactions with the people. Because um, a lot of people go, to, I go, I go to Fresh Cuts, I go to this thing, I don't know, you know, whatever. Um, these chains places, but when you go to a a community owned barbershop, 
it's an experience. <laughs> really? <laughs> it really is. And the people and the different walks of life, the conversations, the advice that's given, and then being able to walk out of that barbershop. I went and got a fresh cut yesterday. So. <laughs> you look, you look good. fabulous. You look good. I like thank it. You, yeah. um, and, and just telling kids, hey, at the end, let's control what you can control. You know, you may not always be able to, you know, look fabulous, but you know what? Let's wash our face. Let's brush our teeth. Let's wake up. I know you got a tablet something somewhere and teach them intentionally. Have you ever seen that calendar on there? There would be so many kids. Well, I never used that one. I saw it there. Uh, have you ever um, see, saw that there's a clock and you could set alarms? And, and that that's the, the happy and sad thing about society. You know, mm. we have these things available to kids, but having to train a second grader to set their own alarm because their parents don't get them up. That's, uh. that's something, you know, mm. um, but them being able to, begin to say, you know what, but that's what I can control uh, and all the uncontrollables that I live in. I wish people could see Dolores' face right now. You just look, <laughs> you're just like turning through the pages. Because these, looking... these didn't exist when I was a little girl. Yeah. And yeah. And, and the fact that these, these books are available. I have a daughter who teaches uh, school in Houston, mm -hmm. and she started out in middle school, and she fa quickly found out she didn't like those kids too good. So <laughs> <laughs> middle schoolers are tough. They're tough. So she... Um, has been doing elementary ed for the last 15 years, well, 20 years. And so this year she has a new job, and she's going to the sixth grade. So she's, you know, kind of antsy about it. But she was a reading uh, specialist. Okay. And she has always said, Mom, you need to read this book. And she'll tell me about young adult books, The Hate You Give. Such a good book. Wonderful book. And I never read it. And she was the one that said to Mom, you need to read this book. Because these didn't exist. Yeah. Uh, when I was growing up, and I'm a, I am so excited to see them now that children get to see somebody other than themselves, not just black kids, but white kids to say, you know, a black person wrote that book. Yeah. And so it's exciting to see. I just love this crown, it's an ode to the fresh cut, because nothing's better than a new haircut. Oh, when yeah. I go to the barbershop, oh, you know, yeah. it's like, look at that. Uh -huh. uh, <laughs> nothing's better. And for I guess for little boys to go and get that first haircut, I can't remember. My grandson is 18, so... Now I don't remember. He's got dreadlocks, so he doesn't get much of a haircut. So, yeah. Oh, he um, gets cleaned up. Yeah, he, yeah, he cleans it up now. Yeah, yes, yeah. he does. He keeps it clean. And now I'm, I'm worried about him because he's going off to school, and I don't know who's going to clean his head up when he gets there. But <laughs> the fact that the crown and ode to a fresh cut is so exciting to me. And, and knock, knock. I just love it that there are books out there that have people like me, that yeah. look like me, and these kids can see that everywhere. And now you can tell your daughter about this. I am. I'm going to tell her. We got to realize, like, these books are good even for adults, you know. Absolutely. You know, 16, 19? Mm -hmm. Oh, yes. Oh, man. Oh. Well, I, I haven't read the big book, uh -huh. but I read the little book. Uh -huh. And it's amazing. Yes. The one for, for, for the kids. Yes. It's amazing. Yes. Well, tell so, me, t what is 16, 19? Tell us about it. Oh, it's a book. That, what is the latest name that wrote that book? Did I write it down? I, uh, I'm, I'm not, I, I, I don't, I don't remember. So, so 1619 was that project that the yeah. New York Times did okay. about the history and the impact of slavery. Slave, yeah. And okay. the project from the Times was huge. It won a Pulitzer and... And then it was put into a book. And, and I have not read it, I confess, but... Um, I haven't read the big book. But you recommend the little, the little book. Yeah, the little book. Is I'm going to go get the little mm -hmm. book. <laughs> I'll bring it to you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll bet we have it at the library. Mm -hmm. but the big, I haven't gotten to the big book. It's quite a big book. But I bought it just because I wanted to have it in my library. Good for you. Mm -hmm. Good for you. People should have home libraries. Mm -hmm. Yes. 
Very much, very much. Yes. And, you know, we grew up reading. I grew up in my family. We read all the time. We had magazines. Uh, the Jet Magazine. Do you all know anything about the Jet Magazine? Oh, I've yes. heard of it. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> it was the best coffee table was, magazine out there. It was. It was, and it came every week. And it talked about all the black people and what was going on in society and everything. And so we all, my sisters and I say that all the time, we didn't read anything else. We read the cereal box mm-hmm. because we didn't have anything else to read. But, but my parents made sure we had magazines and newspapers, and the Jet Magazine was the weekly read at our house. <laughs> we need some more jet magazines. <laughs> Brick and Elm Magazine is Amarillo's lifestyle magazine. Launched by Michelle McCaffrey and me, Jason Boyette, this independent publication celebrates the people, businesses, and heritage of this area. Along with our flagship print magazine, Brick and Elm also publishes the Brickly email newsletter every week, plus Flavorillo, a bi-weekly food and drink newsletter, plus digital content at brickandelm.com. Brick and Elm highlights the lifestyle and culture of the Texas Panhandle. Brick and Elm is available online or at newsstands near you. brought a couple more books. Okay, yeah, um, go ahead. Another one that I had, it's big, and I, I've recently did uh, some read-alouds here as a principal with my school uh, campus-wide. Uh, it's called The Day You Begin by Jacqueline Woodson. And, and this book right here, it, it, it focuses on the power of yet. Um, whenever you Yet. Whenever you finally get ready to begin, it could be a beautiful thing. Um, so don't be scared of it. Be empowered um, by who you are and, and go after it. Chase your dreams. This is one of my favorite ones, especially my hard, hard boys that don't want to read anything. Mm. I was like, hey, have you ever heard of Tupac Shakur? And most people have. Yeah, uh, you know, he's one of the greatest of all time storytellers through music and, and being able to garner, you know, spirit, tell a story, emotion. He was a true poet when it comes to music. But that didn't start as an adult. People don't know that he went to the Baltimore School for Arts and that he was also very versed in dance. He also was a child. He wasn't just in the streets yelling thug life every day, but he developed that because of his awareness of the the world around him. Both of his parents were Black Panthers, so they also were very Mm -hmm. involved in the things in the movement at that time. So he got to see the world out of a different color lens than most of us yeah. will ever could dream about seeing, saying this, and then I get to, to also experience the world this way, but also I'm going to carry my trauma a certain so way. What so, is the title so of the book? The book is The Rose That Grew From Concrete. So after he was assassinated and, and murdered, his mom came through a, his notebooks of poems uh, oh, okay. of when he was a oh. child. And the book has his handwriting. So the kids get to see this is his handwriting. I'm not lying. This isn't, you know, this is his handwriting. And then it has the type poem next to it. I've had to buy several copies of that book because I've loaned it out so much. And then when they bring it back to me and I see that it's tattered uh, (laughs) and, and I see that the pages have been turned and we start talking about it. Yeah, I'm like, now nah, this is yours now. Um, yeah. You know, this this is well, this is yours. This is gets this gets to go with you. And I, I've had a, a, a few students come back with it, you know, and, and continue to talk about those and the things that they went through, and and just thankful for the support 
Uh, so this quote that's really stayed with me my whole life is from Frederick Douglass. His quote is, it's easier to build strong children to repair broken men. I'm going to try to find the most beautiful parts, the worst parts yeah. of history. He was the first African-American on a U.S. ballot and couldn't even vote for himself. He was a very progressive thinker. He grew up as a slave. Um, he spent a, a good majority of life uh, in, 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 in that life mm-hmm. and um, came out the other side and shared his story with men of, of all cultures and them just being in awe of this self-taught person standing in front of them um, saying, like, if this mind could come out of that, like, what are we doing to ourselves? What are we doing to our culture and our nation? Yeah. Yes. So that that quote, will you say the quote again, the most beautiful parts of... Uh, so you look at the most beautiful parts of the the most horrible parts of history. Is that what you said? Yeah, that's something I just... What do you make of that quote? Like, what what comes to mind when you hear that? Well, because the... There's something good that comes out of the bad. Yeah. There's always some good out of it, no matter what it is. Yeah. And so that's what that means to me. Yeah. That, you know, even though bad things are happening, there's some good things that can come there. You always learn from your experiences. Mm-hmm. We always do learn something mm-hmm. from those experiences. And that's what that means to me is that you got sometimes you have to go through the bad parts in order to get to the good part. Right. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. And so, Stacy, like, my brain is thinking this could so easily tie into, like, kind of what you do with the book club is that you're looking at those sorts of things. So like, what are some of the books that you guys have read? Well, so we've been doing this for two years. So well, since August of 2020. So we've read, I guess, 23 books now. And we've been really fortunate that we found just some, some amazing books. We read The Hate You Give in our book club because it's amazing. It's a fantastic book. And I've, I've read its sequel, uh, which is called um, On the Come Up. Uh, they're both by Angie Thomas. And Concrete Rose, that's about her daddy. Yes, mm-hmm. I, it's on my to-be-read pile. Um, it's almost too close to this title. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to mix them up. I'll, you know what? I'll bet that that's where the title came from. Because oh, really? if you read okay. the book... The Hate You Give is from that quote about love, about thug life. Oh, okay. Thug, The Hate You, you give. give. Oh, the um, okay. Yeah. You guys are teaching me so much. <laughs> yes. So one of the one of the books that, and, and there's so many, and I'm not going to, like I said, I don't want to be the one who talks the most, so I, I'm not going to go through the whole list, but uh, there were a couple that really mattered to me, and one of them was um, How the Word is Passed by Clint Smith. And it's kind of a history book. What he did is he went and visited a lot of sites. He visited Monticello, and he visited Angola Prison, and he visited the site of a slave auction in New York City. Mm-hmm. And so he tells the story about those visits, about what, what happened to him and how he was treated at these different places. But then he also shares the history of everything that happened when he was there. You know, I I went to school in Dumas, Texas, so a small town in the Texas Panhandle, and unlike what some educators I know are having to deal with today, nobody ever, we we learned about slavery, and nobody ever treated it like anything but the dark stain on our history that it is when I was growing up. Mm -hmm. Um, But in spite of all of that, it was treated like a unit like, you know, you have the um, the pilgrims come to the New World, and then there's yeah. the American Revolution, and then we have a unit on slavery, and 
like it's a set apart thing. And one of the things that how the word is passed makes really clear to me is how much slavery has been tied into our entire history and our entire economy. And like you mentioned, the 1619 Project, going back to the 1600s and all through our history, and including in the industrialized North, slavery played a role in how our country was formed and how wealth was developed and all of those things. And that's not the way it's taught to us. Mm -hmm. It seems to me that it ought to be, you know, we're studying the, the American Revolution, and here's what the enslaved people were doing at that time. And we're studying, you know, the settlement of the colonies. And here's how enslaved people were brought to this country. And here's how wealth was built. And here's the role that enslaved people played in the construction of the railroads. And Mm -hmm. all of these things are things that if we really want to have a clear view of our history, you know, it's, it's something that ought to be woven through the fabric of our education, education about yeah. American history. So so that's one that's really great. And I want to hear from Dolores, so I'm going to stop talking about... <laughs> well, I, Dolores, I, what books... What, what books you brought really a list. Recommend. Yes, I, list. I know. He but brought the tangible ones. You, you brought a list. About, um, what happens? Have you read the book, The Warmth of the Other Sons by Isabel Wilkinson? No, it tell is us an about absolutely it. wonderful book. It talks about the um, as the people, the black people, were leaving the South during Jim Crow, mm-hmm. as they migrated up north, out to the west, and how their lives changed. It is absolutely fascinating because one of the things I noticed in it was that as they migrated north, their conditions didn't really change, although they didn't have somebody standing over them, but they got the low low jobs. Uh, and they ended up being in the factories, and so you didn't see a lot of progress. Um, and some of the people, one of the guys there was a, I can't remember his name, but uh, he was on the train. He was a, a porter on the train. And so he had to change his ways from but down south as a porter to when he got up north as a porter, change his behavior in that. It was an absolutely fascinating book. I had to keep reading it till I finished it, one of those stay-up-in-the-nighttime books. One of my very favorite books was, though, is Maya Angelou, I Know Why the Cage Bird Sings. Uh And that is an absolutely fascinating book. I think I've read it two or three times, but the fact that she persevered, it was a a case of perseverance, uh, struggle and perseverance that she came out on the other side. So that's why when he says you got to go through the bad side to get to the good side, then that's what happens, and that's what happened to her. The Warmth of Other Suns is by Isabel Wilkerson, and she wrote another book that we did read in our book club called uh, Cast. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's about the separations that exist within our society, and it's, it is fascinating. It's difficult history to learn, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you want your history to be um, super happy, happy all the time, but it's important history. Mm-hmm. And so I, I'm just applauding your reading Isabel Wilkerson and telling people to read both her books. Yeah, they're, they're, I'm in the process of reading. I have to put it down and move on to something else. So I, have to go, I have to go to the light side of reading sometimes when I read oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Cast because, you know, it almost makes you mad and you think about, why do we have to treat people this way? Can we not, you know, love everybody, you know? Mm-hmm. Love your neighbors yourself. But no, we can't do that. We've got to be... Which really goes back to RJ's point of getting 
readers, young readers, young these readers. kinds of books in their hands and, you know, teaching them the empathy that Stacy was talking about. My Library Does That? Presented by Check Me Out, a podcast for book lovers. Did you know that you can now check out mobile hotspots at the Amarillo Public Library? Hotspots provide broadband internet to you at no charge. This service helps expand internet access to underserved areas of the city, and all you need is a library card. Mobile hotspots are available at all five APL locations or can be placed on hold through the library website by visiting amarillolibrary.org. going to get kind of back on track a little bit of, of the things that we were talking about here earlier. Sure, yeah. Um, because I, I saw that you had this book over here. I, and I, I, well, I got I got we were, this book, but then I also have these other books that if, if anybody wants to really see what life was uh, at, at the time of the, the, the big change through emancipation, um, what what the power of, of Abraham Lincoln being assassinated at that time in sure. history. Um, the Souls of Black Folk by W.E.B. Du Bois. That was good. I like that. It, it is. It, it, it gives you a outward look of what the time and what things look like uh, in there. And, and if you want to hear a, a great firsthand view of what it looked like from the beginning, middle and through it all, the book of the life, life of Frederick Douglass, that's a book I'm currently reading. I'm about three quarters of the way through. So he's about... I'm, I think he's like around 20 to 25 at, at this time of his life. And oh. he is still enslaved. Uh, so it's very interesting. He taught himself to read. Uh, as a child, he traded bread for knowledge. Uh, so he would trade his food for people. And he would play tricks on other other boys that were going to school, young men, uh, to teach them, for to teach him how to, to read and write. Because he would learn something and then he would challenge them. I bet I could write better than you. He was such an intellect at seven and eight years old, wanting to know that he could, how to read and write. The reason why he was so adamant about it, and, and he remembers it as an adult, was that he was able to learn his alphabet and his sounds, and he began to learn three-letter words. And this was because he had been sold to a family where the, the, the wife wasn't, was unaware about the customs of owning slaves. And the husband came in one day and said, no, you cannot do that. Like that is if a slave that can read is unfit to be a slave. He told them that and he remembered that his entire life and, and carried him at that age to have the, the mental shift to say, I got to learn how to read and write because then I can get free. I, I, I will be unfit to be a slave. And then it goes through his progression of how he taught himself how to read and write. Uh, how to become literate to, again, becoming somebody who was uh, on the presidential ballot. And yeah. Yes. And this he was... He couldn't vote for himself. He couldn't vote for himself. But <laughs> here's the thing. On the other side, yeah. um, he was on that ballot with a woman who couldn't vote for herself either. We talk about the civil rights movement, MLK Jr. and everything, but a lot of times we, we don't always realize like that was also for women's rights as well. And that gets mm -hmm. washed away. And, and this is part of the reason why he was assassinated is there, there's a book, Where Do We Go From Here, Chaos Com or Community, by Dr. Uh, Martin Luther King Jr. 
this was the last book he was in process of writing before he was assassinated. And then he, you know, walking history book over there. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> you I, have I, like uh, amazing recall. Yeah, like, I, 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 I'm a teacher. Really I am a oh, teacher. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I have lots of knowledge. I would, I love to share with the yes, world. So yeah. I'm like, when somebody gives me a platform, when Stacy said, "Hey, this is what we're doing," I said, "Yeah, yeah. please." I can I do podcasts. I mean, I, I go yeah. into local high schools and teach Black history. Um, That's well, amazing. I'm glad that you is. have that opportunity. It What's is. the name of that book? This one right here is The Hill We Climb by Amanda Gorman. Oh, that's the girl who wrote the poem. Yes. 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 Yeah. Inauguration. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That is the poem. I, I was going to get to it because, you know, I'm yeah. going to go through okay. a little bit of history. That's okay. <laughs> I'm not, I can't, it's hard for me to read poetry. Yes. Stacey loves poetry. She's she always does. putting it out there. I do. And, love so, poetry. and so when I looked at this, I thought, I don't know if I could read that or not. but You can. Yeah, I could. She mm-hmm. is so amazing. Oh, amazing. Um, Amanda I, Gorman? Yes. Yeah. I follow her on social media, too. She's. Yes. yes, she's a fantastic writer, and she's so young, and she's going to change the world. I'm, I just love Convinced her. Convinced she is. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yes. this is the poem. Oh, I yes, that now. yes, okay. Hill we climb. Aww. Yes, and that was a what gift a from my moment. my Tascosa High School IPIC class. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Um, they gave me that as a gift for being involved in their classroom this, I don't, this last two years. I don't you know, know if we said it flat out. We're talking about the hill we climb by Amanda Gorman. Yes, yes. right, yes. Yes. Yeah. right. Do you know the best thing a friend of mine said on the day of the inauguration that I just loved was, it sure was nice of Garth Brooks and Lady Gaga to open for Amanda Gorman. <laughs> <laughs> right? Right? Those are some great yes. openers. She, she was incredible. She that was incredible. Yes. 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 I was mesmerized watching her recited in her mannerisms and her hands. It was beautiful. absolutely mm-hmm. beautiful. So, Dolores. Beautiful, yes. Do you have more books to share with us? Like I said, I love romance novels, and I've read them all my life, but I love reading. Eric Jerome Dickey, during the 80s, he wrote the best book, Milk Before Milk in My Coffee, and I can't remember the other <laughs> He was great. Um, Michael Bennett wrote a book that, Things That Make White People Uncomfortable, and it's a young Ooh. adult version. It's a great book to read. When was that written? Uh I don't know how old it is. His okay. name is Michael Ben. He's a football player. Oh. And he wrote that book, and I love that book. And Cole, have you ever heard of Colton Whitehead? Yes. Oh. Colson. Isn't it Colson? Is it Colson or Colton? I think it's Colson. Because I read The Nickel Boys first. Mm-hmm. It was the first one I read. I was like, oh, my. I have to go back and read some more of those. Good. I, I have not read the Nickel Boys, but we read, read Underground the Underground Railroad, Railroad yeah. in our book club, and it's it's a fantastic oh, it's novel mm-hmm. with a lot of history and just kind of a different way of looking at looking things. At it was. I read a book called Black Cake. Her name is Charmaine Wilkerson, who wrote the book. Yes, what well, I thought when I saw it. I don't know where I saw it. Like, black cake. What she thought was this this face that Stacey made. The listeners can't hear it. See that. The face is just, what's it about? Yeah. Black face. And it's about this woman who had some children. And, you know, sometimes we had to change our, our focus or our who we are. She had to change her whole way of life in order to raise her child. It's the story of her life. It's that she's raising her child. Black cake. It was so good. That sounds good. I will add that to the list. Mm -hmm. Add that to the list. And the other book that I read this summer, I don't know if it was this summer or last year, it was called The Vanishing Half by Britt Bennett. Really good book. The Vanishing Half. And there's these two sisters. They're twins. Weren't they twins? I think so, yes. I think they were twins. And one of them passed, meaning she passed from being a black woman to a white woman, and she moved 
and married a white man. It was her life story, her story, plus a sister's story who married a black guy who had an absolutely black child, not a woman. And her, the mothers, they looked like they were white women. But this woman had a child by a black man, and the child was really, really black, a dark child. And it was the story of those two sisters and how they came together, the vanishing half. It was so good that I, I enjoyed that book tremendously. Good Coming, for you. Michelle, yeah. Michelle Obama's mm-hmm. Becoming. I yes. love that I saw. I think I saw good. Barack Obama mm-hmm. on your list. Didn't I did. Barack yes, Obama. Yes. I did. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. He, he is a promised land. Uh, yeah. it, it, oh. was, <laughs> it was a very interesting account. Uh, I enjoyed it because of, again, just being able to live your life through somebody else's story. Mm-hmm. I, I see a lot of, uh, of similar things that he had to go through that I've gone through in my career and in just life in general. That is just, it's it's not reassuring, but just to be able to say that was your your take on how to handle that. Thank mm-hmm. you for again for that experience, because if it does happen again to me, this is a, a very honorable way I could take it. Yeah. Uh, and be able to take it as a teaching opportunity. Thank you guys so much for being here and for sharing your love of books. And I also love the direction that this went in. What I was hearing hands down is we have to educate. We have to educate our kids. Educate yourselves. Go go read a book. Absolutely. Um, and then Absolutely. And that's, that's the message of your club, right? That's yeah. the main thing. Yeah. And that's what I would say, uh, again, you know, for people who look like you and me, Hillary, yes. um, it's important for us to go out and read books by people who don't look like us yes, and who don't live like us and who don't love like us. We have to, um, we have to expand our horizons and no one will do it for yeah, us. Take that responsibility. And yes, that's why our book club is called doing the work because yeah. it's not somebody oh else's God. job to expand our horizons and to help us build empathy and have a better understanding of the world. It's our job to do it. And it truly is a great time to be alive because there are amazing authors writing fantastic books and we have more access to them than we've ever had before. So, and again, your library, you can get them. You can ask for us to add a book to our collection. You can contact us about that. And um, we have we have books in different formats and, and different topics and all that. So if you're not using your library, please do, because we want you there. Thank you. Thank you. Check Me Out is recorded in the FM90 and Panhandle PBS studios on the Washington Street campus of Amarillo College. The show is produced by Hillary Holsey and me, Amy Hart. Special thanks to Stacy Clopton, Tanner Bass, and Colin Lutz. And thanks to Stevie Brashears for designing our logo and the Mag 7 for providing music. Thank you again to our supporters, friends of the Amarillo Public Library, Brick and L Magazine, and Humanities Texas. Check us out on Facebook and hit subscribe wherever you're listening.